An Elden Ring Story, read by Saruman the White, first of the Astari and head of the White Council. The tarnished, once a soul lost to the embrace of death, now found themselves brought back to life by the greater will. It was a solemn charge given unto them, to become the Elden Lord, a title long sought after, yet never achieved by those who had come before. Upon awakening in the mystical realm of the lands between, the tarnished was greeted by a man named Vara. He was a seasoned traveller of this strange world, his garb adorned with the sigils of ancient lore. With a somber tone he informed the tarnished that they were without the aid of a finger maiden. Finger maidens were young women, chosen by the divine to channel the power of runes, assisting the tarnished on their quest to become the Elden Lord. Without one, the journey ahead would be an arduous one indeed. The tarnished was filled with trepidation, unsure of how to proceed. But hope soon came in the form of a spirit named Melina, who offered her services as a finger maiden in exchange for the tarnished's aid in reaching the Erd Tree. The tarnished, desperate for assistance, agreed to her offer. Together, the tarnished and Melina journeyed through the mist-shrouded forests of Limgrave, the air was heavy with the scent of decay, and the rustling of unseen creatures echoed through the underbrush. But with Melina by their side, the tarnished felt a sense of comfort, for she was a source of light in a world of darkness. Limgrave is a land of lush greenery and abundant wildlife, situated within the Tenebrae domain. From the golden trees to the tall grass and bushes, Limgrave provides sustenance for a variety of creatures, including boars, sheep, goats, rodents, eagles, and owls. However, one must also be prepared to confront the more sinister and aggressive wildlife that can be found here. The region of Limgrave comprises several sub-regions, each with its own unique characteristics. The mistwood in the eastern part of Limgrave boasts tiered terrain, small beaches, and lush forests occupied by lesser rune bears. In contrast, the Stormhill region is characterized by its stormy weather unrelenting north winds, and tall cliffs favoured by eagles but also roamed by boars and wolves. Spectral spirit jellyfish guard the graves on the upper cliffs. Stormvile Castle, located on the cliffs of Stormhill, is a stronghold of Godric the Grafted, and is guarded by hordes of soldiers and hostile creatures, making it a challenging location to infiltrate. Finally, the Weeping Peninsula is a land with many changes in height, featuring a minor erd tree at its center and is constantly raining, earning its name for its unceasing rainfall, redolent of lament. This peninsula, located to Limgrave south, is a land of contrasts, where the beauty of nature coexists with the danger of the wildlife that roams here. After exploring the land of Limgrave, Melina offered to take the Tarnished to Round Table Hold, a bastion for the Tarnished, a place of respite from the trials of the journey. There they were met by Sir Gideon Ofnir, the de facto leader of the Hold. His stern gaze and gruff manner belied a deep sense of caution, for he had seen many tarnished come and go, yet none had succeeded in their quest. Despite his initial reluctance, Sir Gideon eventually imparted upon the tarnished the knowledge they sought. The goal was to repair the shattered Elden Ring, to acquire the great runes held by the remaining demigods in the lands between. With each rune collected, the Tarnished's power would grow, bringing them closer to their ultimate goal. The first stop on their journey was Stormvile Castle, where the Lord Godric held one of the great runes. 
To claim the rune the tarnished must engage in battle with Godric and overcome the trials that lay ahead. And so, as the tarnished continued their journey towards the sacred city of Godric and the impregnable fortress of Stormvile, they were met with yet another formidable obstacle, Margit, the Fellowman. He was a proud warrior of the Golden Order, having fought with distinction in the Shattering, a great battle fought on behalf of Lendel. The knight's cavalry, who might cross the path of the tarnished on their journey, were once under his command. But Margit was not stationed at the gates of Stormvile to serve the will of Godric. Nay, he was there on behalf of the Golden Order, an institution that wielded immense power over the religion, government, and very fabric of reality in the lands ruled by Queen Marika. His purpose was clear, to stop the tarnished from acquiring a great rune and ascending to the rank of Elden Lord, for he remained steadfast in his loyalty to the old ways, even as the Golden Order's grip on the world began to fray. As the tarnished delved deeper into their journey, they would come to learn more about the Omen, a race of beings that were considered cursed by the Golden Order. Margit was a towering figure, with skin as grey as stone and horns that adorned his body like spikes of iron. The Omen were hunted down by Omen killers, who roamed the lands between seeking to extinguish their kind, and many Omen children were mutilated at a young age, having their horns cut off in a cruel ritual that often claimed their lives. Yet some were spared to live as slaves or prisoners, confined to the dark dungeons beneath the sacred city of Lendel, to be used as soldiers for their great strength. This only made Margit's loyalty to the Golden Order all the more remarkable, for he remained steadfast in his devotion to a cause that sought to extinguish his own kind. Upon defeating Margit, the tarnished hero was able to enter the heavily fortified city of Stormvile, with the aid of Gostok, the castle's gatekeeper, the hero could either enter through a secret entrance, though Gostok's untrustworthy nature cast doubt upon the safety of this path, or through the heavily guarded main gate. Regardless of their choice, the hero was faced with a difficult task in fighting their way through the soldiers of Stormvile in order to reach Godric. As the tarnished hero explored the city of Stormvile, they encountered the spellsword Rogier, another tarnished, he provided information about Godric and Stormvile and played a crucial role in the strange world of the Lands Between, particularly in the story of undead creatures known as those who live in death. As the hero ventured deeper into the castle, the true extent of Godric's evil and depravity became clearer. The castle was filled with dismembered bodies, results of his unholy experiments, for he had made war upon the tarnished, capturing them and weaving upon them his cursed grafts, seeking to augment his own strength and power with that of others. The hero encountered many fellow tarnished warriors who had fallen victim to Godric's unholy experiments, and came upon the abominable grafted scions, children who had been taken and twisted by the Lord's malevolence, their bodies made monstrous and their minds lost. The horror of it struck deep into the hero's heart, but they pressed on, determined to bring an end to the Lord's evil. Finally the hero reached the gates of the citadel of Godric. In the battle that ensued, Godric revealed the full extent of his madness, grafting a dragon's head to his own body in an attempt to emulate the glory of his forefather, Godwin the Golden. But lo, the Lord's power was insufficient, and he fell before the tarnished hero who claimed his great rune. 
and in the aftermath of that terrible struggle, the hero did stand amidst the horror and the ruin contemplating the evil they had fought against and the victory they had won. As the traveller and his maiden approached the great lands of Lyurnia of the lakes, their eyes were met with a sprawling marshland dotted with the remnants of towns and fortifications, a grim reminder of the catastrophic shattering and the bitter civil war that had ravaged the land. Lyurnia, a vast region in the western parts of the lands between, is beset by the gradual sinking of most of its landmass and is known for its shallow waters and vast wetlands. Bordered by Limgrave to the south and the Altus Plateau to the north, Lyurnia is connected to Limgrave by a thin strip of land and a passage through Stormvile Castle, although a bridge that once connected the two regions has long since been destroyed. The Grand Lift of Dectus provides direct passage between Lyurnia and the Altus Plateau, while the ruin-strewn precipice, a more dangerous path up the mountains, requires the medallion of access. Forests in Lyurnia are perpetually blanketed in fog, and eerie sounds of bells can be heard in the distance. The region includes sub-regions such as the Shore and Lake, Bellum Highway, Ruin-Strewn Precipice, Moonlight Altar, Korea Manor and the Three Sisters. The majority of Lyurnia directly borders the sea, with a shoreline dominated by high cliffs and a tradition of sorcery that is reflected in the sorcerer's rises dotting the landscape. The lake which dominates most of the landscape is home to various amphibious creatures and the wraith callers and revenants they worship. At the center of the lake lies the towering academy of Raya Lucaria, where mages study the arts of glintstone sorcery. The academy is surrounded by a town which has mostly sunk into the lake and is home to wandering packs of albinorix and other wildlife. The outer walls of the academy are defended by Raya Lucaria soldiers, while the academy proper, situated atop a cliff, remains above water and escapes the fate of its surrounding town. The two political forces of Lyurnia were the Academy of Raya Lucaria, renowned for its knowledge and mastery of magic, and the Carian Manor of the North, where the proud Carian royal family resided. But though once they had stood as allies, the paths of the Academy and the Carian family had diverged, and Queen Renala, the last of the Carian line, and the former head of the academy, was now imprisoned within its walls. The reasons behind this great tragedy remain shrouded in mystery, especially considering the deep love shared between Queen Renala and Radagon before he left to marry Marika and become the second Elden Lord. But the impact of Radagon's departure was devastating, for it shattered the heart and mind of Renala, driving her to withdraw into the walls of Raya Lucaria and eventually leading to her being imprisoned in the Academy's library by the very sorcerers who had once been sworn to protect her. The loss of her daughter Rani only compounded her pain, and many whispered that the sorcerers sought to control the Queen's great power and the magic of the great rune she held. With the turning of the Cuckoo Knights against Korea Manor, Renala's former seat of power, and the eventual imprisonment of the once great sorceress, it seemed that any hope of restoring Lyurnia to its former glory was lost. Despite the valiant efforts of the knights, they were never able to capture the manor, and Renala's fall signaled the end of an era. Yet, in the wake of Radagon's departure, a great rune was left behind in the form of an amber egg from the Erd Tree, known as the Great Rune of the Unborn. This rune granted the power of rebirth to those who sought it, but at a great cost for those who were reborn through its magic were weak and short-lived, 
a haunting reminder of the fragmentation that plagued the land. Despite the pain and tragedy that had befallen Leonia and its people, its vast beauty remained unmatched, and the travelers were filled with wonder and awe as they gazed upon its rolling hills and glistening lakes, the bustling cities and sprawling marshes. The majesty of Leonia was a testament to the enduring spirit of its people, and a reminder of the great deeds and sacrifices that had been made to ensure its survival.